0: Welcome to A Tad Bit Crunchy, a podcast about transforming your life using natural and holistic hacks. I'm Whitney Bean, wellness and life coach and mom of four. I'm curious and learning right alongside you. I believe we can achieve better health and balance and still be on time for soccer practice most of the time. Hello and welcome to A Tad Bit Crunchy. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope you're having a great week. I am Whitney Bean. I am an integrative wellness and life coach, an integrative somatic practitioner, and I am a birth doula. And I can't wait to dive into today's info. Uh, Before we do, I have a little bit of an announcement. If you are not yet on my newsletter list, what is going on? Why are you not there? I'm going to go ahead and put the link in the show notes so that you can sign up to be on the newsletter. In the newsletter, you're going to get all kinds of awesome tips and tricks for having a healthy lifestyle, for having a well-rounded home. There are everything from recipes to tips and ideas, and I want you to be on there so that you can get all that good info plus any announcements that we have going on. So in the show notes, click on that and sign up to be on our newsletter. I promise I won't send junk. It's just going to be good good info, announcements, things that you can really benefit from to really help your home to feel more peaceful, more loving, healthier overall. So today we're going to dive into a little bit of a topic that we have been on a roll with, which is triggers. We're going to talk some more about triggers. If you've heard me before, you know how passionate I am about triggers because when we unearth our triggers, we... Become better humans. We really truly do. Our triggers, so much of the time we relate to a connection or a relationship or something else going on outside of us. But in reality, our trigger has nothing to do with the world around us. It is something internally that we are carrying and that we are holding. So when we unearth those triggers, when we bring them forth and really look at them as if they are completely valid information, exciting information, even. And then we do the work. We learn the skills to be able to heal and work through those triggers. We have less triggers. Our triggers become less intense and we can be more of who we truly want to be. We can be less angry, less less distracted. We can be less in the past or in the future. We can be more present. We can be more peaceful. We can really parent and live and make choices the way we want to without feeling like we're always bogged down by these triggers. If I could just get over this trigger, if I could just be less angry, if I could just react better, then I really could be such a better parent. That is what I want. That is what I want to help you with. I want to help you recognize that your triggers are not the bad guy. Your triggers are simply information that you're holding with you that we can utilize and bring forth. And as we do so, and as we learn skills, your triggers will feel less intense and you can be more of yourself. So I just want to take a little bit of a scenario. Okay. So let's say that you just came home from a family activity. You went to the movies, you and your spouse paid for all these kiddos to go to a movie. All of you, it costs like a thousand dollars at this point to go to the movies with the whole family. So you all just went to the movies, you got back home and you're just getting settled back in from going out with everybody, kind of getting settled. Okay. What's next on the to-do list? What do I have going on today? And then your kiddo comes up to you and says, mom, I'm bored. Those awful dreaded, terrible words that every parent despises. Your kiddo comes up and says, I'm bored. And in your head, you have these thoughts, things like, how could you possibly be bored? I just took you to this family activity. We have so many toys in this house. You have so many options of things you could do. How could you be so ungrateful? And because this is a trigger, we're starting to feel heat in the body. You're feeling hot. You're feeling flushed. It's feeling fast. It's coming on really quickly. And those thoughts might even come out as words. And so you might actually be saying these things to your child. How could you be so ungrateful? How could you possibly be bored? There's no way that you could be bored. So what we're doing is we're feeding into that boredom loop, right? Because now they've got mom or dad's energy really dumping into this. How could you be bored scenario? And what we're doing is we're not even acknowledging the fact that they're just talking to you, right? Number one, cool that your kid's coming to talk to you. That's what we want. So I want you to just take a pause here because this scenario, this trigger has nothing to do with your kid has nothing to do with your kid. Okay. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they may or may not be bored what is going on internally is completely 100% yours. That is something that you need to own. Okay. So thinking about your reaction, that heat, you feel that intensity, that anger, frustration, whatever it is, that is yours. Own it, accept it, and then recognize that what's going on with your kiddo is something completely different. Okay, so we're not going to feed into the boredom loop. We're not going to get there because if we feel like we have to tell them all the reasons that they are not bored or they should not be bored, what we're really doing is we are following this path that brings us to the point where we have to prove to them, right? And it's never going to work, or we get to the point where we feel like we actually have to fill a void that we're imagining, right? So they say I'm bored in our heads. We're like, Oh, there's a void. I got to fill it. I got to solve that problem. But in reality, there are so many other things going on here and they're not the things that we really think. So on the one side, we have the validation of our own trigger. So as a parent, okay, I see that. I feel that I'm triggered. And then on the other side, my kiddo is saying that they are bored And the way that you're going to respond is not through yelling, not through resentment, not through passive aggressive comments, not through proving to them all the reasons that you shouldn't be bored. We're going to simply utilize that sentence and we're going to flip it back at them. We're not really going to feed into it. We're just going to say something super simple, like, are you bored? I love When you are bored, because you are creative and you are smart and you come up with the coolest stuff. When you are bored, I cannot wait to see what you create when you are bored. Let me know. I can't wait to see it. Show me when you're done. Okay. And that's it. We're going to keep it super simple. We're not going to get into a big logical discussion here. We're not going to tell them all the reasons that we are thinking in our head. Okay. And then we're going to go back to ourselves, back into your own body, (laughs) thinking about what is that trigger? Why are we so triggered when our kids say they're bored? What is going on there? It's going to be different for every person, so I can't tell you exactly why you're going to be triggered, but the idea here is that we are each focusing inwardly, and we're first recognizing that trigger. Okay, I see that I'm triggered. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to acknowledge what it feels like in our bodies. So you're specifically going to think, What does that feel like? And you can describe it with a description like hot, it feels intense, it feels fast, it feels prickly, it feels like it's gonna explode you can use colors. Maybe you're seeing it in colors. It feels red hot. It feels like it's going to boil over. It feels yellow or orange. You can use textures like it feels prickly. It feels uncomfortable. It feels itchy. (laughs) Whatever description comes to your mind, that is what you're going to use. Maybe you see it in a scent, right? Even a scent of something hot or um, something else along those lines. So describe what you're experiencing because we're going to take that trigger and we're going to kind of spread all out. We're going to spread out that evidence of like, what does this trigger look like? What does it feel like? This is so fascinating. We're really going to dive into how fascinating a trigger is because if you think of the physical body, there are so many things that impact our physical body every single day, right? Like let's take food. For example, we eat a piece of food. When we eat that food, there is a response from our body, right? But why is it that we take something like a scenario or a situation like this, and it has such an intense impact? It is a fascinating thing, and we can't ignore it. Once you start noticing your triggers, you will not be able to unsee them. But I promise you, you've probably unseen them for years and years and years. But once you recognize them, you're going to recognize them faster And more intensely while we kind of decode what's going on. So we're noticing first, we have that awareness. And then when we have that awareness, we're going to just kind of spread it out. We really want to take a look at it so that we can validate it. Once it's validated, you'd be shocked at how much of that symptom or that trigger is actually going to reduce itself just simply from being heard or validated. So my favorite way to look at something a little bit deeper is to look in four different areas. And they're going to be the same areas that we talk about frequently on this show is the mind, the heart, the body, and the spirit. And so with those four areas, you're going to get all the information that you need. And it's also just a a way to kind of separate or detail out what you're experiencing. So we have this trigger, um, In the moment, I should say too, you might not do this all right with your kids, (laughs) but you could when you're getting to know the system better and better, you absolutely could do this in your head within your day. But at first you're going to want to take a little bit of time, even just like two minutes. It doesn't have to be a long amount of time, but it could be if you need it. And you're going to sit down and even draw this out, write it out, kind of get it out of your body. My favorite way to draw these four different areas is an umbrella. So we have kind of this overarching umbrella with four different segments. And that overarching theme is going to be my latest trigger, (laughs) the latest triggering. You can even label it triggered when my kids said they were bored. Um, And then what you're going to do is you are going to look at that body's communication in those four different areas. So that first segment of the umbrella is going to be the mind. So you can ask yourself within that trigger, what was on my mind? What were the thoughts going through my mind? So some of those thoughts could be things like my kid is so ungrateful. We have so many toys in this house. They should never be bored. And you can list out some of those thoughts that are going through your mind. And then that second segment of the umbrella is going to be the emotion that you're feeling. Okay. So your emotions, even though it feels like triggers are like a hundred percent emotion, I promise you, they are only one quarter of the story. So in that segment of emotions, you're going to ask yourself during that trigger, when I get that trigger, what am I feeling? And you're going to use words that go along with emotions. Okay. We're just describing emotions. So things like I felt angry. I felt mad. I felt surprised. Um, All those types of things are going to go under that segment. And most of the time emotions travel in packs. So it's probably not just going to be one emotion. If you describe the emotion as stress or overwhelm, I dare you to look into it further because those are things that we experience, but they're not really emotions go a little bit deeper. And then the third segment of the umbrella is going to be, what am I feeling in my physical body describe what that feels like so that's going to go back to those words that we were using like it felt fast it feels hot i can feel it in my chest i can feel it in my throat i can feel my face flush you're going to describe what happens in your physical body during that trigger more than likely your heart is speeding up you're feeling tense And I only want you to describe things that you notice, right? So you're not just going to say, I think this happens, right? I think my heart rate increases. I want you to actually only say that if you notice that your heart rate increases, I want you to think of the things that you are noticing within your own body. And then that fourth segment of the umbrella is going to be for questions, things like, what am I feeling in my gut or where is the disconnect spiritually? Okay. So this one gets a little bit confusing or complicated, but I want to keep it really simple for you. So depending on which one you prefer, you can use one or the other. What is my gut instinct? A lot of times is like opposite of what everything else is telling you. It's like, okay, all these things are happening, but at my gut, I'm thinking, I don't really care that they're bored. It's cool. It's not a big deal. So it might be an opposite of what you're experiencing with the other three, or you can think about where is the disconnect. And my favorite way to think about this is, okay, there is a value that I value deeply and what they just did is questioning that value. And that's why it feels so uncomfortable. So think about where is the disconnect or what is the value that my child just questioned? What value internally inside of me are they questioning through their comment? And I know your kid doesn't know they're doing this, right? You don't even know that they're doing this, but we're going to look a little deeper because triggers are deep. They are something that we have held onto for a long time. And there's something there that we are passionate about. There is something that is being questioned and that is why it feels so intense to the rest of us. So I'll give you an example of this one specifically. So let's say you have a value in your home of teaching independence to your kids. I really want my kids to be independent is something that you have thought or that you've talked about that you teach in your home. So your kids have a lot of awesome skills. They have a lot of really awesome um, life skills. And then Let's say that you have a family member come to visit and they're only there for an afternoon. And during that time, when they are there, your child needs help with something that they quote unquote should know how to do. And maybe they even know how to do it, but they're just asking for help anyways. And that family member says, man, your kid is not very independent. They really rely heavily on you. And that comment is so opposite of what you feel your value is. You value independence and you teach it in your home like crazy. And at this moment, that comment feels so intense because it is opposite. Okay, so triggers are like this. They are so cool because they give us such awesome information about our values. They tell us what we really care about without us even knowing what we care about. How cool is that? So when we look into a trigger, this is why it's so powerful because it's not just about trying to like be less angry and less short-tempered and like being more irritable at your kids. We really, truly are defining our values if we look more deeply into our triggers and beautifully. At the same time, we reduce the trigger. Our trigger heals when we are validating what that value is underneath. Are you seeing why I love triggers so much? (laughs) They are the things that everyone tries to hide, that we feel so much shame around, so much guilt, so much like, oh, I wish I didn't feel that way, but I really, really do. I really feel this way. And I want you to know that it's okay that you feel that way because something is in question. Something is happening that is giving you some strong evidence. Let's think about triggers from your past. Okay. I love this example. It came from one of my classes when I was in college, when I first learned about triggers. Okay. So the example was that you are newlywed. And when you were first waking, when you were first, excuse me, a child, you lived on a farm and in your home, everyone was awake by five o'clock every single day. If you slept in past five o'clock, they called you lazy. Okay. You got up at four 30, four 45, four 50, five o'clock every single day for the whole, your whole life. And if you ever slept in, or if anyone in the home slept in, they were called lazy that day, man, you sure are lazy this morning, right? So that's something that you heard over and over in your life. And that, resonated deeply. It dug deeply into you. And then now you're a newlywed and your spouse, one morning you sleep in and your spouse jokingly says, man, lazy morning, huh? And you feel that hot trigger come on so quick. So if you think about what's going on here, it has nothing to do with your spouse, right? You love the heck out of that person they would never want to say anything harmful or hurtful to you. But if you take that the wrong way, if you use that trigger against yourself and against your relationship, it's going to be hot. It's going to sting. It's not going to be good, right? And so, but if you recognize, okay, that was a trigger for me, man, I sure feel that hot. I sure feel that fast. I sure feel that in my chest. I recognize that trigger. What the heck is that trigger about? And then think about what it was that was said or done that created that sensation inside your body. So it has nothing to do with the outside relationship, right? And we so often lash back at that relationship. You're going to think instead about what is going on inside of you that created that hot, fast heat that is now angry. Okay. And you don't have to direct that anger at the new spouse. You can look instead and say, okay, I see that. I feel that. That is so interesting. Isn't that interesting? And we're going to get curious about that trigger. I love this example again, from when I was in college, because it is so true, right? We have these things that come from our childhood and we have to think about, okay, what is the value that I have underneath of that, that made that comment remind me of that thing from my past. Well, maybe I really value a productive morning. Maybe I really value sleeping in. Who knows what it is? It could be one, the other. It could be so many different things. But the point being that whatever comment is being made, it is just reminding you of something underneath. It is not anything that is external. And it's not even about the relationship itself. It is reminding you of something underneath. The last piece that I want to make here is that in our home, there are two sides of a trigger. And we always talk about this because it's important to know that triggers are not just about that person. And it doesn't mean that we can't be helpful in a triggered situation, right? It doesn't mean we have to walk on eggshells. So in our home, when we talk about triggers, there are two pieces. The first one is if you are the one with the trigger, your responsibility is to recognize and acknowledge that trigger and over time be working through the trigger. Okay. So let's say that I have a kid who is terrified of bees. Okay. And they don't even want to go outside during the summertime because they are so scared about those bees. So this is a triggering subject, right? But at the same time, we have the responsibility to help our kiddos work through triggers. We have the responsibility to be delicate in these scenarios and help them learn the tools that they need to build confidence so that they can work through a trigger. And the other side, the second side of a trigger is that everyone else around that person is respectful of the trigger. Okay. So if I have a child who is terrified of bees, and then I have another child who catches bees in Mason jars, if that second child brings a bee in a Mason jar to the first child, that is not being respectful of that other kiddo. Or if they jokingly say, oh, there's a bee on your back, right? Not respectful of the trigger. And so that second part of the trigger is really important for the rest of the family because we are not poking the bear, right? We're not ever trying to use somebody's trigger against them. We're not trying to use it in a way that might harm that person. And when they have that trigger, we are compassionate and respectful. Okay. We're not pressuring them. We're not making fun of them. We're not discounting what they're experiencing because we all have triggers, right? So even though one kid might be scared of bees and the other ones aren't, we can utilize that example and say, Hey, but do you remember how scared of snakes you were at the zoo? And that kid can say, yes, I hated seeing the snakes. And then you can say, okay, remember that feeling? That is how your sibling is feeling right now. Okay. So we can compare in a way that is useful and creating empathy. And so we can say your sibling is so scared of bees right now. What could we do to help them? So there's that two sides of the trigger that are so incredibly helpful. Again, the one kiddo or the one person, whoever it is, me, my spouse, anybody, that person is responsible for working through their own triggers. And holy cow, we could go down a whole rabbit hole of how many skills there are that we could learn, right? Some of my favorite, you probably know, mindfulness, meditation, journaling, exercising in, in ways that help to release from the body somatic practices that help you recognize what's going on within the body. I'll leave it at that. I could keep going for days. <laughs> Those are some of my favorites that help us to work through triggers. Okay. And then on the other side, we have this opportunity to be more compassionate, to recognize when other people are triggered and don't poke the bear. We're not trying to harm that person and utilize and use their trigger against them. What we're doing is we are empathizing. We're saying, man, I know I have triggers and I can see that this person has triggers. So what could I do to help them out? So maybe instead of, um, forcing them to do something they don't want to do, we talk about what they're experiencing. I'm so sorry that you're experiencing this right now. What does that feel like? It looks so difficult. I'm so sorry right so we are utilizing that t- that time as a teaching moment for everybody else of what can we do when we feel something <laughs> tonight i had my daughter was working on her homework And she needed a little bit of a break. She was asking if she could have some help with the last problem. And I could tell she just was kind of tired. And so I actually had her come sit next to me and I just put my arms around her and I was hugging her before we jumped into that last math problem. Truthfully, I had texted my husband who was on the other side of the house so that he could come and help her. Not that I couldn't do it, but because I didn't want to. And so he was coming over and in the meantime, I was snuggling my daughter and our six-year-old son came up and he said, what's the matter with her? (laughs) And he didn't mean it in a harsh way, but it made my daughter giggle because she said, that's not a very kind way to ask what's going on with me. And he, he was being genuine, right? What's the matter with her? And she said, I'm just feeling a little bit sad. I have a little bit more homework to do and I'm really tired. And I just looked at the scenario and it just made me so happy. Like number one, my child who comes up into the scenario, reads the room and then recognizes that somebody in the room is not feeling at their best right at that second. And then my daughter who could have been triggered in that moment instead chose to look at it in a really funny way. And then she responded by telling him how she felt. Holy cow. Holy cow all of these pieces are so amazing. And then the six-year-old walked over to her and put his arm around her and leaned against her shoulder and said, I'm really sorry that you're going through this. I kid you not. (laughs) So this is such a good example of like, both of them could have been triggered, right? Like everyone could have been triggered here. But it, it it was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. There were no triggers. There was nothing that was negative because there is this open communication and there's this discussion of emotional intelligence that is just part of the family. We are respectful when people are not feeling at their best and we are there for them. All right, my friends, I will let you go for the day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. A reminder to get onto our newsletter. I would love to send you all the good info. I've had so many questions lately about eating healthier, about um, eating plant-based or eating less meat. I've had so many questions about emotional intelligence and how do I do this or that with my kiddo? All of this good info is on that newsletter and I want you to get it in your mailbox every single week. So join the newsletter, click that link in the show notes, and I hope you have an awesome week. I'm so glad that you found a tad bit crunchy. You can show your love by leaving a review and sharing the show. Reviews help the podcast to be seen by more curious and intentional women just like you. And of course, sharing the podcast is how we can help more and more folks create a natural and holistic foundation for their health. If you share on social media, be sure to tag me at Whitney Bean Coaching so I can show some love. Thanks, guys.